welcome to Always Responding, a podcast for all first responders. I'm KB, a 19-year veteran with law enforcement, and here with me, my dear friend and co-host, 22-year law enforcement veteran, Sean. Hey, if you're new to the podcast, welcome and thank you for listening. If you're a returning listener, we're so happy and blessed you're here, and thank you for your continued support. Always Responding pays tribute to first responders who paid the ultimate sacrifice and were killed in the line of duty. Unfortunately, those numbers keep rising, and we're up to 143 law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty this year so far. We will now read the names of the latest officers who paid the ultimate sacrifice and were killed in the line of duty. Under Sheriff Larry Corrin, Lieutenant Fred Beers, and Deputy Sheriff Michael Levison of the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office, New Mexico. End of watch, Saturday, July 16, 2022. Under Sheriff Larry Corrin and Deputy Sheriff Michael Levinson and Lieutenant Fred Beers were killed when their agency's helicopter, Metro 2, crashed near Las Vegas, New Mexico. Rescue Specialist Matthew King of the Bernanillo County Fire Department was also killed in the crash. Metro 2 was returning to Albuquerque after assisting fire crews at the East Mesa Fire. They were returning to Albuquerque after conducting bucket drops when the crash occurred at 7.20 p.m. Police Officer Brian Olive, Natchitoches Police Department, Louisiana. End of watch, Saturday, July 16th. Police Officer Brian Olive died after suffering a heat-related medical event while working in the city's downtown district. Officer Olive had served with the Natchitoches Police Department for 20 years and concurrently served with the Natchitoches Parish Sheriff's Office. He previously served with the Sabine Parish Sheriff's Office. He is survived by his wife and three sons. One of his sons also serves with the Natchitoches Parish Sheriff's Office. He was 52 years old. Police Officer Daniel Vasquez, North Kansas City Police Department, Missouri. End of watch, Tuesday, July 19, 2022. Police Officer Daniel Vasquez was shot and killed while making a traffic stop near the intersection of 21st Street and Clay Street about 10.40 a.m. The driver of the vehicle shot Officer Vasquez before fleeing. A backup officer who arrived at the scene began CPR before Officer Vasquez was transported to a nearby hospital. He succumbed to his wounds a short time later. The subject who shot him turned himself in at the Kansas City Police Department approximately three hours later. Officer Vasquez served with the North Kansas City Police Department for two years. He was 32 years of age and he served for two years. Sergeant Christopher Nelson, Edmond Police Department, Oklahoma, into watch Tuesday, July 19, 2022. Sergeant C.J. Nelson was killed when his police motorcycle was struck by a utility truck on Broadway Extension at Comfort Drive at about 3 p.m. The utility truck was driving at a high rate of speed when it struck Sergeant Nelson's motorcycle and several vehicles that were stopped at the light. Sergeant Nelson was transported to a local hospital where he succumbed to his injuries. The driver of the truck was charged with manslaughter and second-degree murder. Sergeant Nelson was one day shy of his 13-year anniversary with Edmond Police Department. He is survived by his wife, daughter, and son. He was 38 years old and been with the department for 13 years. Always Responding pays tribute to all first responders who paid the ultimate sacrifice. We will now read the names of those brave firefighters who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Firefighter fatalities in the United States currently set at 61. Here is the name of the latest to pay the ultimate sacrifice. (laughs) 
Matthew King, Lieutenant, in the watch July 16th, Brunello County Fire Department, Albuquerque, New Mexico. On Saturday, July 16th, Lieutenant Matthew King from the Brunello County Fire Department and three members of the Brunello County Sheriff's Office were aboard a helicopter returning from Albuquerque after performing aerial wildland fire suppression at the East Mesa Fire. The helicopter crashed, killing all four occupants. Investigation into the incident is ongoing. Lieutenant King was 44 years old. Always Responding will continue to pay tribute each and every episode to all the brave men and women who pay the ultimate sacrifice so that they are never forgotten. We will also update the numbers for first responder suicides. And as of today, there have been 76 law enforcement officers, 11 firefighters, 5 correction officers, and 1 dispatcher who have committed suicide this year alone. These numbers are updated daily by Blue Help. People experiencing a mental health crisis have a new way to reach out for help in the United States. They can simply call or text the number 988. Modeled after 911, the new three-digit 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is designed to be a memorable and quick number that connects people who are suicidal or in any other mental health crisis to a trained mental health professional. The primary goal of the new number is to make it easier for people to call for help. Again, call or text 988. In May 2015, Soldier 6's CEO, Ed, was awarded a special trained PTSD service dog by an organization based out of California called Rebuilding Warriors. Receiving Rex, his service dog, has changed him and his family's lives for the better. At the time Rex was awarded to Ed, he was retiring from the police department after 15 years of service. Ed was diagnosed with PTSD, depression, and fibromyalgia, and chronic pain due to chemicals and nerve agents he was exposed to while deployed in the Army. The prior few years after receiving Rex was rough for Ed and his family. Ed's illness takes over, and he sees no hope for his future. His mind is in a constant battleground for intrusive memories from the war. In his darkest moments, Ed's PTSD almost took Ed from his family forever. Because of the positive impact Rex has on Ed and his family during Christmas of 2015, they decided to give back to Rebuilding Warriors. The hope goal of that fundraiser was to raise enough money to enable Rebuilding Warriors the ability to give another military family what has been given to them via Rex. Their community came together for that fundraiser and showed Ed and his family the love and support he not only needed but deserved. After that experience, they decided to start Soldier 6 and awarded their first dog, Six, in May 2016 and haven't looked back since. Soldier 6, providing trained canines to the honorably discharged police officers, firefighters, paramedics, corrections officers, as well as 911 dispatchers. Soldier 6's mission, they are a 501c3 nonprofit organization based in Minnesota. They provide honorably discharged veterans, police officers, firefighters, paramedics, corrections officers, and 911 dispatchers with specially trained canines. These special dogs will become their battle buddy and help guide them through the difficult days in life. They chose the name Soldier 6 because that's what a service dog has. It's battle buddies 6 or back. It's now our pleasure and honor to welcome to Always Responding, the heart and soul of Soldier 6, the CEO, Ed, and the co-founder, his wife, Dana. Welcome to Always Responding. Thank you. Thank, thank you for uh, inviting us. Yeah, our pleasure. Hey, could you tell our listeners about Soldier 6, what your organization is about, what you do, and how you, came, how you came up with the name Soldier 6? So we are a 501c3. We've uh, been doing this now for seven years, and what we do is we provide service dogs at basically at no cost to the recipient. Our recipients consist of honorably discharged military, law enforcement, firefighters, EMS, 911 dispatchers, and Department of Corrections. And again, like I said, we do this at no cost. We provide all the training. We provide the first year of veterinary care. 
we we do lifetime ongoing training so dogs like us you know these some of these things are perishable skills so they need to be uh worked on so we provide that lifetime training just to keep your dog spot on and and uh He's not getting too sloppy on you. So we racked our brain trying to figure out some catchy name. And in the law enforcement and military uh, community, when somebody says, I got your six or watch my six, they're referring to their back. So, you know, if if 12 o'clock is directly in front of me, six is obviously directly behind me, just like on a on a regular clock. So we came up with the uh, name Soldiers Six. And then kind of our motto is we got your back. It's kind of a catchy deal. Obviously, there's a, a number of people out there that don't don't quite understand what it is. And, and they'll ask. And uh, and there you have it. So, <laughs> Well, that works out, too, then, because you've got people asking what it means. And I mean, so then you can kind of make a conversation about that as well. Create, Absolutely. Creates that interest in what you guys have going on. We were uh, reading the article written on you in the Minnesota Police Journal. You spoke of your time in the military and of your 18 years in law enforcement, your time in SWAT as well as a negotiator in Dakota County. We were very moved on how candid you were in this article. We'd like to know how long after Rex came in came into your home with you, did you start noticing a difference in how you were feeling? Sure. I think it was immediate for me. Um, if, it, if it wasn't obvious to others, it was with me, and it was something internally that I felt change right away. Rex was just an, and we still have Rex by the way, but he is since retired, but he was just a phenomenal dog. And, um, I think from, from, from day one, there was no question in my mind that, you know, this was the right move for me, uh, and my family. Hey Dana. So same question for you, obviously as, as the wife, how long after he came into your home, did you notice a difference in your husband? I would say it was absolutely immediately. Um, Ed had retired from the police department. I believe it was just a week before we got wrecked. So everything just kind of happened all at once, which was probably good as far as the timing when we received him, because it really didn't give Ed a chance to sit idle too very long without having his battle buddy. But um, it was it was definitely right away. And, and what what breed is Rex? He's a Belgian Malinois. Oh, you have your hands full. I, I have a. Eight, oh, tell I, me about I, it. I have an eight month old at home, so I definitely know <laughs> you're. Uh, I know you're. You're busy with that. He was nearly two when we got him, and he is just. He's full of it. I mean, he's got the coolest personality. He's the biggest baby. You know, just get up on the bed and let you pet him, and whines when you're not touching him. But man, if if someone came into our house, he would definitely be the first one there protecting us. That's so funny, they're a great breed. Hey, you they re- are. you received Rex from Rebuilding Warriors, and uh, they're located in Norco, California, right? Correct. They were. They were. And are are you guys still working with Rebuilding Warriors? We are not. Kind of how it, when we first started out on this, when Dana started looking for service dogs, she scoured you know, the internet and throughout the country. And there's, there's a lot of agencies out there that provide that type of service, but more often than not, it kind of came down to sure, you know, fly down here to Texas, yeah, pay for a hotel for a week and we'll get you partnered with your dog and, and uh, give you the basics kind of a thing. All you need to do is just write us a check for 25,000. You know, it was the typical response we were getting and you know, who's got that kind of money. So cash they can just throw down on a dog so it's tough for even it's tough for even agencies to pay that type of money for working dogs yeah yeah for sure she found rebuilding warriors and they flew out here put themselves up in a hotel uh, 
so the CEO and, and two of his assistants for basically four or five days and partnered me with Rex and basically trained me. Uh, so I knew what I knew what I was supposed to be doing with him. They did that at no expense to us. Just phenomenal. I mean, in my eyes, it was like winning the lottery. You know, good things like that just don't happen to me. So this was it just left such a an impact on me that we decided to pay it forward. So a couple months before Christmas, we started up just doing a fundraiser. We had uh, my father-in-law who played Santa Claus and we had decorated our yard. And the whole premise was, is, you know, bring your family out, check out our light display. Kids or family can get a picture with Santa. We raised $6,500 and we were going to give it to Rebuilding Warriors. And the CEO, Jeff Anderson, turned around and said, you know what, let's find somebody else in Minnesota that needs help. So we did. Uh, he was a Vietnam vet. They again f- flew out here with the dog. And, you know, it was just a, a great feeling, a sense of accomplishment that, you know, we're helping somebody else possibly saving lives. I guess I don't really look at it as like not working with them anymore because I feel like, and I still view him as this today, Jeff, I feel like he was my mentor. I mean, I, I kind of took what he was, he already had and mirrored it and made it just specifically for Minnesota recipients. And we've stayed, I would say, in close contact with Jeff. You know, we'll go back and forth on Facebook and, you know, Christmas cards and whatnot. And there's not a doubt in my mind that if I ever called Jeff and had a question on something we're doing or needed something, he would drop everything and be right here for us. And that's amazing to have a mentor like that, somebody you can lean, right. on, lean on and guide you through the process. And especially, like you said, early on getting things up and running, that, that's, a, that's amazing. Like you said, Ed, I mean, it was almost like it was meant to be, a, you know, somebody just come there and actually come to your state and, and help you out. I mean, like you said, that just doesn't happen. No, it, it doesn't. We just wanted to pay it forward try and help somebody else. And with that said, that's how we started Soldier 6. The whole idea, you know, we we serve Minnesota, residents of Minnesota. We do that because when we started, there really weren't any organizations doing what we're doing the way we're doing it. It's been quite a ride so far. Could you imagine back in 2015 when that call was made and when Jeff and his company came over to Minnesota uh, and you set those events in motion and helped you create Soldier 6 and made it what it is today. I mean, did you even envision going from then to what you have now to where it is? No. I mean, was it even Never in a million years. You guys began uh, Soldier 6 in 2015. You were saying your first fundraiser raised that $6,500. Uh, we're now here in 2022. You guys are going on your seventh year. How many service dogs has your organization been able to provide to qualified recipients? You know, um, off the top of my head, I, I can't give you an exact number, but we're well into the 80s, um, if not 90s. So we're, we're approaching 100 dogs that we've provided to uh, our recipients. That's great. How many trainers uh, do you guys have there working for you at Soldier Six? We have two. We have two trainers, and I, I think my wife mentioned uh, her brother is our head trainer, and he's just phenomenal. Having him here is just such a uh, a miracle in in and of itself. I mean, the whole story of how it all came to be. It would take up uh, one of your podcast shows. I mean, it's just he's a great guy, oh, and, great. and uh, couldn't ask for. Uh, better trainers are you are you sticking with a particular breed i i know you said rex is a belgian malinois are you are you staying with that breed or are you guys changing up uh what what you what you get out to your recipients you know we're, we're always evolving and when we first started this you know 
we kind of wanted to go with the larger breed dogs, German Shepherd, Malinois. The long and short of it is, is, you know, there's a ton of dogs out there that are in animal rescue shelters and so forth. And we've partnered with several that uh, now, really cool, but you as a recipient get to pick your own dog. Oh, wow. Um, which is phenomenal. I mean, you know, it used to be you got whatever we had, you know, right. whatever was trained and ready to go. And and obviously people have their preferences as far as breeds and so forth. And now we're better able to do that. And just, I think for the recipient, it's huge, you know, to be able to pick the type of dog you want. So how long does it take uh, or usually take to train one of the service dogs before they're ready to be placed with a qualified recipient? There's a lot of variables with that. And, and by that, I mean, if, if, for example, if Sean is you, you as a recipient, you get to pick your own dog, the dog, you know, the variables of, of age, you know, how intelligent the dog is, just like people, you know, there's some dogs are smarter than others. So a lot of variables, but I would say, I mean, if you're picking up a three month old puppy, you know, we're on board with that. It's going to take several months before it's mature enough to get into the more service dog aspect of training. So typically, I would say I'm just ballparking three to six months. It depends, too, on how much time the handler is going to commit to it. You know, if you've got a schedule and it only allows you once a month to come in and train and you're not working with your dog in the downtime, it's going to take a lot longer, too. That makes total sense. I know you mentioned uh, with the with the two trainers you have, uh, who have you guys at Soldier 6 partnered with to train the service dogs to ensure that they're ready to be placed with the qualified recipients? Who specifically? So that is, that's a 100% my brother. And like I had said before, he... He works for um, KLN Foods based out of Perm, Minnesota, and they also have a facility in Delano. In the Delano area, he's going to have his own facility that they're essentially building from the ground up at this point. He is the one, he's, you know, written our standard and ensures that from start to finish, these dogs are going to be fully certified and then come back every year for their certification. He's the sounding board for the recipients. You know, they need help. They need, got a question on my dog. My dog's doing this. It won't do this. He's their first point of contact. So Dana, I know that you and I have been going back and forth talking before setting up this this podcast for today. And you mentioned just how busy you guys really are because of your upcoming fundraiser. Can you tell us all, all about that, what it entails, the dates, times, and location? The fundraiser is going to be a week from this coming Saturday. So Saturday, July 30th. And it's going to be at the Cottage Grove VFW from 11 to 4 p.m. We have... Our basement is, it looks like a bomb went off <laughs> down there right now. It's insane. We have raffle boxes. So I think we should have close to 200 raffle boxes and they're a dollar ticket. There's everything from gift cards to wine baskets to kids games. We also have a silent auction. We've got an um, autographed wild jersey. We have Minnesota wild hockey tickets. We also have a freezer, a chest freezer up for a raffle. Oh, wow. $5 a ticket and it's stuffed with pork and beef. Oh, nice. Uh, we will be doing a wine, whiskey, and whatever pull. We've never done one of those, so it'll be interesting to see how this year goes. <laughs> $20 a ticket, and you draw a cork, and you've got a chance to win anywhere from a $25 bottle of alcohol. And I think we've got ones as high up as $100 oh, great. in there. A meat raffle with 30 games, Ooh. tacos. We also have um, a gentleman out of Monticello, Minnesota, Mike Bray. He has um, the military and law enforcement tribute saddles, the horse saddles. So he will oh, be there nice. as well to tell the stories. What's the address again? The address is the Cottage Grove VFW. It's the big red barn. If they want to get a hold of you, what's your website? Our website is www.soldier6.com. 
Okay, so it's July 30th. It's coming up in, in about a week. If you guys are up in that area, Cottage Grove, make sure you go by and check it out. Say hello to Dana and Ed while you're up there. And then are there any other events coming up for Soldier 6 that you'd like to mention? You know, the, the two main ones we do every year are our Christmas one. We decorate the yard. Dad plays Santa. We put my mom in the Rudolph costume. That's awesome. Our son is an inflatable Christmas tree. That's and so cool. we sometimes have to call in the local police department to help us direct traffic. It gets oh, pretty wow. crazy. And we're pretty we're fairly tucked away where we are in our neighborhood. So right. we get bombarded with limos and tour buses. But that's coming up then in December. So really between our July event and our December event, we do have little pop-ups here and there. We've got a shooting tournament that's coming up in August, the end of August. And that will be up in New York. Mills, Minnesota. Uh, registration has been full and closed on that though for a while. We don't put that on. A friend of ours does. Yeah, I mean, other than that, we just will have, you know, companies reach out to us that they've got a donation or they want to put on a benefit and Soldier 6 be the recipients of the funds. Sometimes it's just if we get an email that day, then we know what our next event is. That's good though. You guys stay busy. That's, that's a good thing. It's the goal. Yes. How does Soldier 6 go about choosing who to provide a service dog to and how does that selection process work? It typically starts by an individual reaching out to us, uh, expressing their interest in our organization. I personally screen 99% of our recipients. On occasion, Dana will handle that as well. The long and short of it is, you know, we're not huge. Therefore, we have to be somewhat selective about who we're uh, bringing into this program. And it's unfortunate that not everybody makes it. It's competitive in the sense that we want to make sure that we're giving these dogs to the people that have earned it, deserve it. You'd be amazed at how many people try to be deceptive, you know, with the goal of getting a service. You know, it's cool. I get to have a service dog. And that's not how we operate. We want to make sure that, uh, like I said, the recipients that we're bringing aboard have earned it, so to speak. We're looking for quality candidates. And more often than not, we don't turn people away, but we do have to be somewhat selective. So there are occasions where even though you may meet the minimum requirements, somebody else, you know, almost like applying for a job, you know, how qualified are you for that that job? So in that sense, it's kind of the, how we work things. We're reading your stories from the recipients on your website. And, and, you know, it's so heartwarming to hear how the service dogs have helped so many first responders who have been struggling with trauma and PTSD. These service dogs truly become part of their family, right? Absolutely. Like our dog, after I retired Rex, we got another service dog, and Des Des is our current service dog. And He's a superstar. (laughs) Yes, he's phenomenal. Just a a phenomenal dog. What breed is he? Uh, He's a 100% uh, German Shepherd. Okay. And he actually came from the Czech Republic. Oh, wow. Actually, he's got a little Dutch in him. Oh, even better. There you go. Yeah, so he's he's wired wrong with the Malinois. <laughs> but he's he's phenomenal. He was my brother's canine, actually, and he washed out of training. And my brother, he's besides being just phenomenal in every aspect of life, he's such a huge animal lover as well. And it, that's hard, you know, to watch a dog that you've trained with for six, seven months, and you just got to say goodbye now because, hey, buddy, you didn't you didn't want to bite, so it's just not going to work out. No hard feelings, but it's probably going to put you down. Right. So we stepped in and we purchased him. And next thing I knew, I was on a flight to hang out with my brothers for the weekend and bring Des home. So that's just what we did. And like Ed said, it came at the right time because we were retiring Rex. And here was Des and he was already locked and loaded and ready to socialize with everyone and just be on parade. And that's what he does best. That's so cool. If you have time, I strongly suggest you log on to their website, www.soldier6.com. 
click the recipients and canine tab and all their stories are in the link. You have in, a, in the memory link on your website, there's a post for a recent service dog named Canine Maya that passed away on February 6th of this year. There's a very sweet yeah. message on her memory page. We'd love to read it if that's okay with you guys. You bet. Sure. Canine Maya passed away in her sleep on February 6, 2022. She will be forever loved and missed by her family and her battle buddy, James Hamilton. Run free at the Rainbow Bridge, sweet girl. You know, we think it's so amazing and touching and shows just how much you two really care about these service dogs and the families they go to. This is so much more than a business for you. This is a calling. This is where you are meant to be. Thank God for people like the two of you who care and have the passion to research and place these service animals into homes with individuals who so desperately need them in their lives. Ed and Dana, you may not see it or think about it, but the work you have been doing at Soldier 6 since uh, 2015, placing these service dogs with all these first responders who, like you, Ed, were needing them but didn't realize it until they were in your home. This work is and has saved lives. God bless the both of you, and God bless Soldier 6. Please keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, guys. If uh, someone wants to uh, wants to help and reach out to your organization, how do they go about doing that? You can. I, I do all of the social media, so we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, or you can hit us up through our website, www.soldier6.com, and that'll generate an email, and I do my best to answer them on a daily basis. Sometimes they get buried, as like right now, if you're going to message me, it's a little crazy, but we will answer them, and I'll, I'll get them to the appropriate channel. We'll either filter it through my brother as our trainer, or my sister if it's a bookkeeping question or Ed or myself. That's great. You guys keep it all in the family. I love it. Family run. It's, <laughs> it's a daily hustle, but I wouldn't have it any other way because if you can't trust family, who can you trust? Amen on that. You know, as we come to an end of this episode, it's another edition of War Stories. It's a little edition at the end of every episode where we ask our guests to talk about a call or just some crazy incident they responded responded to while on the job. On today's edition of War Story, we are very excited to have our guest, retired 18-year law enforcement veteran and CEO of Soldiers 6, Ed, to share one of his war stories. So, Ed, we are all yours, my friend. Okay. So, imagine, if you will, 20-some years ago, I was, I think I was still on probation, my one-year probation, as are all new hires. I was working the night shift. I was still getting familiar with the people I was working with. A call came out for a possible drunk driver. I hustled over to the area that the vehicle was last seen, located it, watched it for a little bit. He, you know, displayed some driving conduct. So I initiated a stop right away. It was clear, clearly evident that either one, he was being deceptive or he just didn't speak English. He was, uh, I believe, from the Soviet Union, Russia or Ukraine. I, I'm not quite certain, but he had some broken English, could say hello and, you know, just some basic words. But I was trying to do field sobriety on him. And of course, how do you do that if he's not understanding what you're asking him to do? So I got on our city channel and I asked one of my partners if they could swing up here and kind of help me out. The officer that responded was uh, Officer Corey Slipko. God rest his soul. He uh, took his own life Mm. two years ago. Um, It was a huge loss for for everyone. But nonetheless, as the story goes, uh, he shows up and if you can imagine, visually imagine in your mind, you know, here's this cop, he gets out of his squad car, kind of dresses himself up, you know, straightens out his shirt or whatever and chest puffed out and 
elbow swinging side to side kind of deal. Walks up to this gentleman that I was performing field sobriety on. And I'm like, so here's the deal, you know, blah, blah, blah. I observed this, that, and whatever. It was good PC for the stop. And now I've reached a, uh, a stumbling block, so to speak, that uh, I can't communicate with him. Uh, therefore, unable to do the field sobriety test. He's like, well, here, let me have a crack at it. So again, <laughs> if you can just imagine this. Here I'm thinking, you know, this guy, you know, this partner of mine, Officer Slipko, is able to communicate with this guy. So I'm like, cool. This is great. He introduced himself to the to the guy and then basically, you know, with a goofy accent, uh, asked the guy, have you been drinking vodka today? And, it, and then, you know, here I'm standing here. And I'm like, are you for real? <laughs> the, the act, you know, the, the accent is what's going to help him understand. What, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like, are you kidding? But it was it was a funny moment. Oh, you know, the, for me, those moments are. We're few and far between. Right. But yeah, there's there's some good gut gut busters every That's now and funny. then, that, you know, that we do. But yeah, I mean, if you can imagine, I'm standing there with my jaw <laughs> on the ground. You're like, really? <laughs> yeah, this is what's going to work. This right. is how we're. <laughs> he was giving it a try. Yeah. I, I giving it a try. Well, yeah. well, Ed and Dana, thank you both very much for joining us here on Always Responding. We're so blessed thank to have an organization. Thank orga- you so much. We're just so blessed to have an organization like Soldier Six and the First Responders Community providing trained canines to honorably discharged police officers, firefighters, paramedics, corrections officers, and 911 dispatchers. Correct. The struggles are real. The stigma is real. And if it weren't for people like you and for what you provide at Soldier 6 and for what every service dog provides to each first responder's home they go to, we would lose so many more of our brothers and sisters to their own hands. So again, God bless the both of you for everything you do at Soldier 6 and for everything you continue to do. Thank you very much. We appreciate the opportunity to be here. If anyone would like to donate to Soldier 6, you can go to their website at www.soldier6.com. Ed and Dana, it's been a pleasure. Same same for us. We appreciate it. You you guys take care and stay safe. All right, you guys too now. Thank you. Sean, what an amazing couple who are doing so many great things for the men and women in the first responders community. These service dogs being placed with the first responders are saving lives. That's the fact. There needs to be more organizations like Soldier 6 throughout this country providing our brothers and sisters the help they so desperately need. If you know of any organizations in your state that provide service dogs for first responders like Soldier 6 does, please contact us here at Always Responding. We would love to pass the information along. You can email us at alwaysresponding at gmail.com or you can send us a message on Facebook at KB Always Responding Andrew or Always Responding Podcast or on Instagram at hashtag Always Responding Podcast. Be sure to stop by our website at www.alwaysrespondingpodcast.com. Click on the tribute tab and there you can honor the recent fallen first responders that were read from this episode. There is always the resource tab on the website. There you can find numerous resources available for all first responders and their families. There are so many organizations out there that are ready and willing to help us. All it takes is a phone call or an email. Again, They're on our website in the resource tab at www.alwaysrespondingpodcast.com. Thank you all for joining us on another episode of Always Responding. We truly appreciate every one of you for your continued support. Together, we can break down the stigma that surrounds suicide in the first responder community. We hope everyone has a long, safe, and healthy career. This is KB and Sean with Always Responding saying thank you. And remember, as they would always say in that 80s cop show, let's Let's all be safe safe out there. Hi, what's going on?